Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping high six and seven figure entrepreneurs build amazing online companies and incredible lives. I'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur, Andrew Uderian. Hey guys, Andrew here. Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast and welcome back to shopping cart month, our first ever shopping cart month here uh, on the show, possibly, possibly anywhere. I don't know. I'll do a Google search for shopping cart month. I'm guessing it's not a, a highly searched term online. I could be wrong, but I'm excited to be here. It's how you know you're a true e-commerce geek is if this gets you excited. We did Shopify to kick things off given it's, it's probably the most, well, it is the most popular platform in our community based on usage. And this week we're diving into Magento, the, uh, the second most popular one, just by a tiny razor's hair. WooCommerce is just right behind it, but Magento is in the number two spot right now. To talk about Magento, I've got Alan Merrick, who's our in-house Magento expert in the private community, as well as Kaylin Jordan, who is someone who has a lot of experience in the space and also is the host of the Mage Talk podcast. So both these guys really, really know their stuff. A little bit of context before. So I mentioned Magento is the, the number two store. And if you look at it, the number of store owners using it, we have about a thousand-ish members in the community. And there's 81 store owners as of the beginning of, you know, right around the beginning of 2018 using Magento, which is, you know, 8%-ish of the of, of all of our of our members compared to you know over 40%ish of of Shopify which is just staggering the dominance that Shopify has in terms of just the next best competitor being you know a fifth of their adoption which is just wild so Magento's rated a 3.8 out of 5 stars and you know it was actually a cart that I I'll link up to a post on this I actually migrated away from Magento this is a number of years ago this must have been what oh Three or maybe three plus years ago now, and the big reason I migrated away was was complexity, and that's something we 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 start talking about and getting into uh, in today's show. So uh, anyway, excited to dig into it with a couple of guys who really know their stuff on the Magento platform. But before we jump in that discussion, I want to thank our two sponsors who help make the show possible. First, Clavio, who makes email automation easy and powerful. And by now, you probably know their killer feature is just the ability to create insanely targeted, segmented email flows that go out to your customers day in and day out. And you can really pick by, create flows just about anything you could think of from uh, what products people have purchased to if they're VIPs or not based on their purchase history. It's pretty powerful. They also have a Facebook integration so you could sync up your Klaviyo data with your Facebook data and be able to you know, do, do cool targeting to people on Facebook based on the segments you create. They've got uh, great internal reporting to let you know what flows are working to make sure your deliverability and all your, your uh, kind of campaign-wide stats are, are up to snuff and, uh, and a, an email builder that helps you make emails that don't look like they came out of 2002 with limited pain and suffering. <laughs> so if you're not using them, you can check them out at the free trial at Clavio.com. And secondly, I want to thank the team over at Liquid Web who's now offering complete managed hosting for WooCommerce. And if you're on WooCommerce right now or after listening to, to Shopping Cart Month, you decide you want to head that direction, you're going to be really hard-pressed to find a better rock-solid platform to host your store on. They've got a world-class team over there led by Chris Lemma who is well-known if you're in the WordPress or the WooCommerce space, you know him. And it's just, they've really geeked out about, in the best possible way, about 
optimizing their hosting to make your Woo store run incredibly well. In addition, they've got a bunch of data sets, really cool data sets that simulate different scenarios. Maybe it's 500 people coming to your store concurrently. Maybe it's 15 people trying to use the same coupon code concurrently, where they can identify potential weak points in WooCommerce, and you can stress test your store ahead of time to make sure it's working. Pretty cool stuff. So if you want to check them out, learn more about their offering, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's discussion. Guys, I'd love to share my perspective on where I can see Magento in 2018 and get your thoughts on if you think it's a fair perspective, if you think it's accurate, or if you think I'm a little bit off base. This is something I've been doing kind of to kick off all of these episodes on different shopping carts. And and from my perspective, I, I feel like like Magento is kind of in a little bit of a, a slow decline. It, it used to be, you know, maybe three, four, five years ago, the most popular self-hosted card. I remember when I came to it from Zencard. I'm really dating myself here, but just it was the new, sexy, uh, amazing girl at the dance. It had, it had, you know, faceted navigation on the left-hand side, blew me away. But as, as I was on it for a while, just the complexity really, we can get into this in more depth, but just to simplify the complexity and difficulty of, of customizing it, of maintaining it for a guy who didn't have a a full-time developer became just a beast. And I saw Shopify as a more compelling option because I didn't need to, you know, for me, didn't need to customize it to the ninth degree. I, I wanted the, the simplicity of the hosting, uh, self-hosted. And I kind of see, you know, kind of WooCommerce potentially sliding in as, as a more viable option for, for, you know, maybe those, you know, store owners in the high six, low to even mid seven figures range or even higher potentially. So it's still definitely an option, especially if you need a really powerful cart, if you need something that you have to, you know, customization is, is hugely important, but not the no-brainer it was for people who wanted to, you know, to self-host four or five years ago. Do you think it's fair or do you think I'm off I would say that I think that it, when I, you know, when you look at Magento as a whole, like obviously your perspective, your audience is that six figure, low seven figure. And I'm sure there's a segment for which it's in decline, right? The question is just what is that segment? When I look at that statement, I think overall, definitely not in a decline, like definitely growing. Like they did some studies recently on, you know, their gross merchandising volume. They're at 124 billion, going to go to 220. I mean, those are studies they've commissioned themselves, but there's, I think there's, a, <laughs> there's, I think there's a lot of growth in different. It's just, I think it's about what segment you're looking at. So they've definitely made a strategic move, kind of up to to mid market. There's B two B. There's different things. To look, so I think it really dep- depends on kind of what segment you know you're looking at. And when you say mid market, where would you say mid market starts in terms of revenue? You know, it's funny. I, we make fun of this all the time when, when they say the word mid-market is it's, I don't know how clearly defined it is. Maybe is it 5 million and up, 10 million, somewhere 20, 25, somewhere in there. And at the end of the day, it come, it doesn't always come down neatly into revenue bands. Like it's more so about what's the complexity of your business? What are your sort of ambitions for international expansion? You know, things with a Shopify, you might start to run into pain points around multi-currency, multi-store those types of things. So, so it's somewhere in there, mid, mid-market. It has some elusive position there, but I think it, you know, that's sort of what it comes down to. So Alan, you kind of come from a similar background as I do. You own a Magento store. You're our community, you know, the ECF uh, Magento expert and, and kind of have a, probably share more of a background than, than uh, you know, a similar background to myself. So do you think, do you think my perspective kind of at the top there was, was fair or, or not so fair? Yeah, I think that perspective is fair. Over the past three or four years, there's been just an explosion in the host of carts like Shopify. 
AmeriCommerce is coming back and you have big commerce, those hosted carts are taking, I feel like taking a lot of market from the small businesses, the ones that just need pretty simple solution. They just need to, you know, get 10, 20, 30, 40 products up. With those solutions, you know, you can you can start, you can open an account with Shopify and be selling in one day. You just really can't do that with Magento. When you look at enterprise customers and kind of special use cases, people who need some special functionality, I think that market, that segment is growing. Uh, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers on that, but there's still, from an enterprise and B2B perspective, there's still a lot that the hosted carts are missing out on. There's still a lot of gaps in functionality that they just haven't developed out yet. Yeah, Kalen, I'd love to dig into your answer a little bit more because I think you have between uh, the three of us probably the more unique perspective because because you're not seeing you know you're seeing more potential there. Do you see who do you see Magento being a great cart for you know in 2018? Is it is it someone doing you know maybe 10 million and above with with a very specific that needs to customize completely or own their own data and, and needs something a little more built out than than maybe WooCommerce or what what is it that you see? Where do you see that growth really happening primarily? Yeah, I mean, so I think that, you know, it comes down to like, you know, when you start to running, you've got different things. You've got people that are on Magento 1 thinking about going to Magento 2, thinking about going to other platforms. They're familiar with Magento and the ecosystem. So the question for them is a little different than somebody. If you're just starting out, you want to sell some t-shirts, like Shopify is the definite no-brainer. Whereas, you know, seven, eight years ago, maybe Magento was the no-brainer. I think that you can look at, you know, types of, I mean, automotive is an interesting example because you get into really large catalogs with lots of attributes. I think you run into attribute limits in Shopify, different types of of limits on, you know, your catalog complexity. So I think that's an interesting, you know, you could look industry by industry. And I really, because I don't know that much about Shopify, I think that, and, and the other hosted SaaSes, I think really the question is when you start to run into limitations in those platforms, you probably then want to consider whether it makes sense to, to look elsewhere again, if you're looking at multi, I think to my understanding, Shopify really hasn't cracked multi-store as far as, I mean, I know they'll stand up multiple stores for you and there's some things in place to sync up currencies and stuff, but that's probably one of the big gaps. I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, Magento's really pushing B2B, I think is an interesting segment. There's some interesting stuff around content management and staging. You know, I, I think it just varies a lot by the complexity of the of the merchant. Want to move on to, to ownership, guys. eBay was eBay purchased Magento back in like 2011, which man, I can't believe it's been that long. And they they owned them for a while, and then eBay was you know kind of more or less broken up in some regard. PayPal got spun off. I think Magento, along with that, or at least close to the same time, was sold to a private equity firm. Do you guys has that been good or bad for Magento? Has things changed given the ownership? Is it a good place that they're owned by a private equity firm versus eBay, which is maybe a bigger company? They have more resources, but they're more split in their focus. Any thoughts on on their current ownership? Yeah, I mean, like my, and by the way, like I'm pretty, cause I've never been an f- official partner of Magento or anything. So I'll criticize them. Like, you know, I'm super independent and stuff. So like when my thing, I believe that it's been good. I kind of see them going back to their roots with like valuing the community contribution. I think with eBay, they were sort of a little hamstrung big corporation. Like I knew people that were talking to them about getting hired, like smart people that would have been good hires and they had weird hiring freezes and stuff like that. 
they've been hiring, snatching up a bunch of great talent recently, actually to the point where a lot of partners are getting a little upset because they're trying to get like, <laughs> they're trying to get a little bit more of the, of the pie. I think also the uh, premier of the private equity firm is pushing them in the SaaS direction. So they have a cloud offer. Obviously they tried to do Magento Go back in the day. That didn't go so well. And, <laughs> and they're trying to do, they're pushing cloud really heavily. You know, some people will say, you know, really the strength of Magento is to be self-hosted and, and, and things like that. Like the cloud is a little bit of a interesting thing because they're not doing the cloud themselves. They have a partner, which is Platform SH that they're kind of integrating with. So some people say it's a little funny what's going on with the cloud situation. I'm sure private equity is pushing for that because it's going to get their valuation up. Also, you have to assume that if you're owned by private equity, there's going to be another sale sale event happening three in the you know three four five six seven year time frame so that you know that's not necessarily something that we'll be excited about but um those you know those are some of my thoughts yes yeah, so, so are they and maybe on the cloud-based front is that just going to be an option kind of like magenta guy was kind of being cheeky there sorry i didn't mean to throw you off but magenta go was a was kind of a rough right. magenta go was their, their <laughs> SaaS hosted version that just did not take off this years ago it's just interesting because you know they have certain strengths in terms of the you know there was some obvious innovation there with the core product and things like that but then you know they're not a SaaS company like they're not a shopify and so there's just different expertise, different, you know, like, 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 you know, getting response times on critical issues in the order of minutes from them directly is like, they're more in the order of weeks. Like even if you're <laughs> enterprise support, right? Oh, so, so, you know, and so they're partnering with Platform SH. I think Platform SH has a pretty strong reputation and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, but yeah, it's, it's basically, there's an enterprise pricing option, which I don't really know it's one of those you got to call talk to a salesperson to get the price i think you're probably looking at like five thousand a month and up they also have a lower price version you can get started i, I want to say fifteen hundred two grand a month so similar pricing to shopify plus so they have a few price tiers there kind of interesting because it's kind of the same thing that americommerce is going through right now they were owned by capital one and they just broke away a couple weeks ago so it'll be interesting to see how Magento, AmeriCommerce, and you know Shopify position themselves in the next couple of years. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. And actually, we I just spoke with the founder of AmeriCommerce this morning, and we'll have uh, kind of in the last episode of Shopping Cart Month, we'll we'll be talking to him. But it's cool because it's it's interesting because they're an interesting, really interesting company that broke away, became independent, just like Magento. Alan, I'd love to ask you about Magento too, get a store owner's perspective. So Magento one, you know, was kind of one point X was was kind of the, the the legacy framework, and then Magento two kind of represented this entire refactoring of the entire code base and moving to a new platform. And I want to get to the you know maybe some some of the aspects of is it better? What problems does it solve? But maybe is it just a good leading question? Is Alan, have you migrated? Like, did you are you are you making the jump to Magento two completely replatforming, or are you sticking with one point X? I am actually sticking with 1.x right now. So all the information I have on Magento 2 is basically based off of the marketing notes <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of what's supposed to be better. But essentially, Magento 2 is a... All the marketing copy is true. It's all, it's all 100%. Yeah, so basically, Magento 2 is a revamp of the code base. A lot of user experience improvements in the administration area, administration panel. I think they fixed their checkout process a little, made it made it a little bit more user friendly, a little bit more focused on B two B and whatnot. But as far as migrating to Magento two, it's more of a replatform 
than a, an, an actual upgrade. So if you're already established on Magento 1, it's very expensive project to undertake. So I, I plan on sticking out, sticking it out on Magento 1 as long as I can. I, I, I believe uh, Magento has even come out and said that they'll give an 18-month heads up when they'll, they'll discontinue support for, for Magento 1. And that hasn't happened yet. So there, there's at least about an 18-month runway going with that. Kaylin, have you, on Magento 2, from your perspective, do you see it as a, you know, you're joking about all the marketing being, being you know, totally true. Do you see it as, as a pretty big improvement? Like, are they solving major big problems? And is it a significantly better platform? Or is it, you know, maybe the marketing's overhyped, like you were alluding to? So, okay, so a couple things. So on the open source, you know, community edition renamed to open source on the on the open source side of things, feature-wise, probably not a lot of, of, of big feature improvements from one to two. Like Alan was saying, your admin is cleaned up, you know, check out. There's some things that are cleaned up. From a developer facing, do you guys have much of a developer audience or is it really merchants? I get the sense it's merchants. I'd say mostly merchants, but we definitely have, you know, maybe 10%, I'm guessing. But yeah, we have some some developers for sure. So like from a developer facing standpoint, there's a lot of stuff architecturally they cleaned up. A lot of the guys I talk to that are, and gals that are doing Magento 2 development, they say, man, I could never imagine doing Magento 1 again, just in terms of tooling and all that kind of stuff. From a feature perspective, like not much. And by the way, like I, even when Magento started to push Magento 2, all the partners started to push it. Everybody, I even would say on record, like I'm not sure the case is there to migrate just yet. At one point, they had November 2018 as their official end of life and I and I came out and I said like I don't see people moving off of it I know smart people on Magento 1 they're going to stick around they ended up pushing it out further I think it's 2020 or like Alan said it's like a role like we'll give you 18 months notice on the enterprise side of things there are some things I do see people excited about there is a B2B feature set that's baked in that got launched recently and then there's uh, they made an acquisition they're a little bit acquisition happy so they made an acquisition of an extension called Bluefoot which was some really interesting content management so it makes it easy to manage content in your product pages and all you know all over the the site in a really integrated way so they've brought that under into their into the core and then things like staging so for example if you need to stage content rollouts across for a holiday thing or promotion across products and discounts and uh, homepage and landing category pages there's some interesting stuff there so those are the features that I see people you know pretty interested in as far as like business facing features but those are really more on the enterprise side you mentioned, uh, you know, one thing I probably should have, should have explained up, up up top. If you're familiar with Magento, you probably know this. If you're not, it, there's kind of two flavors. There's what used to be called Community Edition, now called Open Source Edition, and it's just totally free. Yeah, you download for free, open source, but there's no support. And then there's the Enterprise Edition, which is a license fee, and you you largely, I think, just get get support for it, and it's you know priced fairly aggressively, like like Kaylin was mentioning. Back in the day when I was using this, was a number of years ago. I was on a community. It was it was patched decently. There's no support. Even the documentation was. Was pretty sparse. I remember more often than not, if I had a question, I couldn't get it from the official documentation. I'd be more likely to get an answer from the forms. Can you give guys give me a sense of how well is, especially with it now being owned by a private equity company, which you know obviously is is you know in it to make some money versus the you know just the, the love of open source software. How's the support for community or for open source, I guess, edition versus you know enterprise right now? 
I mean, my, and obviously Alan will have, you know, more, more direct experience on that. I mean, you know, my, like when you say there's no support, I mean, any free open source thing does by default doesn't have support. Right. So, right. So, I mean, that's the way I'd, I'd frame it, but I, you know, a lot of people give them crap for like, you know, oh, you're sold out. You're just so enterprisey, da, da, da. And, it, and, and it's true. Like they, they have moved up market. They are focusing for enterprise on bigger companies, but they're also, they've made some significant investments in open source, which I think are interesting. They they have this whole community engineering effort. They took basically their top Magento engineer, a guy named Max Yekaterenko, and his full-time job is now the Magento community engineering. So he manages open source. I think he has a team of like five people. They've been getting really good at managing you know, GitHub. So, so Magento 2 is on GitHub now. Back in the Magento 1 days, it, it wasn't like that. Pull requests are getting handled quickly. There's tons of pull requests that have been merged by the community. That, again, these are a little bit more developer facing kind of benefits, but I think they put some really serious investment into that. They've also done some interesting things like baked incentives into their partner pro because in the past, like partners only cared about enterprise licenses. All they wanted to do was sell you an enterprise license. Open source community edition was like, ah, we don't want to deal with that. But they baked some interesting incentives in where as a, as a partner, as a solution partner, you get like partner credits for contributing to open source, which I I think is kind of an interesting way to to bridge the gap. So I think they're doing some interesting interesting stuff there. That's that's awesome. It's good to hear they're actually investing a little more on the open source side. Alan, have what's been your experience as a store owner? Because you're on you're on open source, not enterprise, right? Yeah, I'm on open source. I guess since I'm on Magento one, I'm still on Community Edition. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> transitioned right. to open source. Community yet. Edition for life. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, as support wise, it's not, if you're on community edition or open source, it's not like, if you have an issue, it's not like you can just email someone at Magento, you know, and get kind of technical support. You really have to have a good developer, a good team on your side to get that. I have noticed, like, if when you Google or, you know, Magento issues or have questions on Magento issues, it's usually something from Stack Overflow comes up. I have noticed that there are, some of the Magento has become more involved over the past few months in those discussions. So it seems like they're they're listening a little bit closer to the community side now. But yeah, as Kaylin said, I think a lot of the focus is on the enterprise side and getting those customers and making them happy and developing out the, the B2B. Not, not to say there's not support on the community side. You just have to seek it out. You have to have the right developers on your side and you have to essentially know where to look to get that support. And then the only other thing I'll throw in, I think, in that category is like, I think it's really important to have a good specialized Magento hosting company. There's a lot of companies that do Magento hosting. And I think, in my opinion, a lot that don't do it very well. There's a few that I like. You know, there's one, I don't need to give them a plug or anything that sponsors our podcast that I'm a big fan of. And like, they have full time Magento developers on staff so that if you have a question, hey, something's messed up with my site, like, there's always this interesting tension between hosting and development. Hosting says, oh, it's a developer problem. Developer says it's a hosting problem. I mean, that's one of the annoying things about self-hosted in general. So I love having a specialized host where they can, you say, hey, my site's slow and they can look at stuff on the infrastructure side, but they can also say, hey, you know what? Let me go ahead and look at your code and look at these queries and see there's a bottleneck in this catalog related query. And so I think if you have, and, and you know, they have pricing that starts, I, I want to say like 40, 50, 60 bucks a month. A lot of 
community merchants. So I think having a, I mean, you probably need to have a good developer as well, but having a good host that can back you up with kind of that tier one or two or three development level support even, I think gives you a lot of just overall peace of mind. I couldn't agree with that more. I went from a non-specialized Magento host to a specialized Magento host. And it sounds like it's, it, Kalen may be describing the same host that I use, but... Mage Mojo? No, it's not. Ah. <laughs> so there's more than one out there. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a couple solid ones that I'm a fan of. And Mage Mojo is the sponsor of our podcast. But uh, Yeah, but having that, so, ha, sorry, having that support, though, I, I've, I've had them do code audits looking for site speed improvements. There's one point where my site went down, and it was a, it was a Friday afternoon, and my developers being in Poland, they were you know they, they were already asleep, and it, I had no idea what was going on. So I submitted an emergency ticket, and within 15 minutes, my site was back up, and it was a it was a Magento issue, or a Magento code issue that I myself caused, but <laughs> without realizing it. But if I didn't have a host with developers on staff my site would have been down for probably the entire weekend. And I think a lot of people run into that problem. That's why I think you hear a lot of Magento horror stories out there because they just throw it up on shared hosting and they don't have the developer support that they need um, to actually run Magento. So, Alan, who are you on right now? Uh, the host is uh, Sanasi. Sanasi, dude, I love. Actually, it's funny. Uh, sorry, real quick. They, I'm a big, a big fan of Sanasi. They were the v- very first sponsor of our, or the second sponsor of our podcast for a while. Good friends with the owner, their band. They actually were recently acquired, and it's all public. I mean, it was public. They're acquired for like 16 million pounds, and just amazing. I'm super proud of them, and they're incredible. So. Yeah, he's pretty involved in the community as well. Both of those hosts are ones you can recommend. Anyone else that you guys, either of you guys can recommend that is, is a pretty reputable name in, in hosting if people are looking for, for good hosting for Magento? Nexus is, you know, a lot of people use Nexus. They're they're not small. I tend to sort of prefer smaller companies, maybe 5, 10, 20 people-ish type companies. So a lot of people use Nexus. They're fairly specialized, not entirely specialized in Magento. They do some WordPress, some expression engine, but, the, you know, they're, they're out there for for sure. Lexicon, I think, is the other one that I'm thinking of. So those are the ones I'd, I'd probably mention. And the great thing with them, at least with uh, Sanasi, is that they can take your, your current site, they'll just take a copy of it, put it on a server of theirs, and they'll give you access to it so you can see exactly how it runs. So you can see if there's any site speed improvements and how, how much faster it runs on it. Guys, we covered some of the the strengths of Magento kind of just throughout the discussion, you know, of those, you know, total control, of course, customization, uh, multi-site is a big one. Some of those those features that are kind of the newer ones coming out in Magento 2 that Kaylin, you alluded to. I want to switch a little bit to some of their biggest weaknesses. For me, I mean, we can start with this one, you know, painful system admin as a, especially on, a, on the smaller, you know, individual team, if you don't have a dev full-time, like when I, Magento was great for me to learn Unix. I never had a reason to learn Unix before, before I installed Magento. And, you know, it was a great incentive because of my computer, my whole business would have crashed if I didn't know at least the basics. <laughs> so people moving and maybe we can take the approach of, of moving to, if you're starting from scratch, you're probably going to move to, you know, the, the 2X platform. Is that still the case? Like, is it still, is that going to be the biggest weakness for people is just the, the, the overhead and how bad is it? Has it gotten better? Or is it still pretty painful? 
I think there's some improvements, you know, the, again, the, the admin is improved as far as UX goes. They have also made, you know, some improvements to marketplace. I think that was one of the big pain points is you have extensions conflicting with each other and things like that. They've beefed up their code quality standards and their kind of code review process to the point where as an extension vendor, it's a little painful. I know people that, you know, it's, it's taken them quite a while to get their extensions improved, but I think you're starting to see lots and lots, you know, a year ago, Magento 2 was out technically, but like virtually zero actual extensions that were available. So, you know, there's a lot more coverage in terms of extensions. And, you know, they're, they're, they are taking a bigger cut of the marketplace revenue. They're taking like a 30% rev share, which again, as an extension vendor, I'm not in love with, but I understand why it's a smart business move for them. It's funny, business-wise, you see them doing a lot of things Shopify has done in terms of going cloud, going SaaS, getting 30% of, mar- of, of extension revenue, but I can understand. So all that to say, I think marketplace is improved. Here I go, just talking strengths again. You're trying to get me to talk weaknesses. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, hopefully you don't have to dip into Unix unless there's an extension that isn't on Marketplace that you want to install. I think, like you said, complexity and cost are going to be the, the big areas for sure. Alan, on your side, and again, you're, it's kind of, we've got the two sides, the 1.x versus the 2.x, that kind of the big replatforming. Alan, again, you're on the, the 1.x side of things. Maybe I was just error prone and, and I was the one who, who triggered all sorts of, you know, 50 gigabyte log files that I didn't realize I was doing and all the problems. But do you, you know, on, on the 1.x for maybe, do, are you, do you still, do you have as many problems keeping your site up and running and smooth as, as I did? Do you have a great developer? How, how much work is it to keep your site running smoothly and cleanly? I would say once it's developed and you you have the extensions already installed and running, it, maintenance is pretty easy. The only time the only times that you really have to go into the code or or make not even go into the code but make any changes is when there's some kind of security patch. And most of those, you know, you, you can install those in less than 15 minutes unless it's one of the bigger patches that touches a lot of files. But as far as uh, extensions and what's going on with the marketplace, it seems like a lot of the extension developers are kind of in a transition period where they're not they're developing more for for the Magento 2 platform. And so there's in the last year or so, if you're an early adopter to Magento 2, you probably ran into issues where the the extension developers hadn't created the M2 version of it. I think that's gotten a lot better as you know M2 matures a little bit. But that also creates issues with new Magento 1 extensions because so many resources are working on getting those Magento 2 versions out. But one of the biggest weaknesses, I think, of the extension market is that there's a lot of junk out there and you kind of have to wade through and find the good extensions with good, not, not just good as in works, but you have to find good extensions that was coded correctly. And if you're not a developer, that's incredibly difficult to do. So I think that's, um, I, I think this new Magento marketplace that Magento launched last last year, it takes out a huge pain point in that because they actually do co- code reviews of the extensions and essentially vet out what's good and what's bad. Right, guys, what do you see, kind of sort of wrap things up here, what do you guys see coming down the pipe for Magento in 2018 and beyond? Either trends you guys have seen or maybe explicit things that Magento's talked about releasing that aren't outlet. Any any news on the horizon that comes to mind? 
Yeah, so I think probably the big one is progressive web apps. So they announced a collaboration with Google uh, recently. They're working on kind of a tool set around... So progressive web apps, and I don't know too much about them, but they're basically where you're leveraging more of the the tools that your Chrome browser gives you for notifications, faster loading time, things like that. And so Google, I'm I'm sure at some point, Google is going to heavily incentivize progressive web apps in the search results. They're probably already doing that to a certain extent. And also, it's just good user experience, right? Things work well if you're offline or your internet connection, it's more mobile friendly. So they're doing some interesting stuff there. They've hired some pretty heavy hitter front end guys, and they're doing some interesting stuff there. So hopefully, we'll start to see some of that go live in 2018. Yeah, I'm sticking out on Magento one, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to know all the new features are out because it may. <laughs> Headed to said. I don't want to spend money to switch to Magento two. <laughs> Alan's covering his ears for this part of the podcast. <laughs> no, and I, I think there are a lot of merchants that are in like a wait and see holding pattern, and you know the holding pattern has 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 probably extended a little bit longer than anybody really wants it to. I think the case for Magento two is getting stronger, you know, every day as they're adding features and doing stuff, but it's still not necessarily like a no-brainer to do the upgrade because you know it's not necessarily going to be cheap. Yeah, and generally speaking, it, se- it seems like going to 2018 that it'll be an easier decision if you're on enterprise. There's just um, so many new features that the enterprise they're they're putting. It seems like they're putting a lot more focus on it. Guys, this has been been super helpful. If you don't know both these gentlemen, uh, Alan is is the resident uh, e-commerce fuel Magento expert, like I mentioned, and he also runs partcatalog.com. So if you want to check out a, a cool Magento site or just if you need you know mats, cargo liners, door moldings, anything like that for your vehicle, check him out, partcatalog.com. And uh, Kalen is the, the host of the Mage Talk Magento podcast. You can find that at magetalk.com uh, on iTunes or wherever you, uh, your favorite place to, to get your podcasts. Also the founder of magemail.com and a current advisor there. He recently sold that, but a, an email marketing platform specifically for Magento. And also the you own and founded commercehero.io, which is a service that helps you find great Magento experts and developers. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And then just small connection on magemail.co. I wasn't able to get the .com, so it's magemail.co. Oh, apologies. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And so Commerce Hero is my current jam. I've been focused on you know, the last year or so full time and just building up a talent marketplace kind of to address that pain point of where merchants are like, man, my developer sucks or I need a good developer or whatever. And so that's what we've been focused on. And that's been fun. So awesome. Gentlemen, Alan, Kalen, appreciate you guys coming on and talking Magenta with me. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. That's going to do it for this week's episode. But if you enjoyed what you heard, check us out at ecommercefuel.com where you'll find the private vetted community for online store owners. And what makes us different from other online communities or forums is that we heavily vet everyone who joins to make sure that they have meaningful experience to contribute to the broader conversation. Everyone who who we accept has to be doing at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales on their store. And our average member does seven figures plus in sales via their business. And so if that sounds interesting to you, if you want to get you know connected with a group of experienced store owners online, check us out at ecommerceal.com where you can learn more about membership as well as apply. And I have to, again, thank our sponsors who help make this show possible. Clavio, who makes email segmentation easy and powerful. The cool thing about Clavio is they pull in your entire catalog, customer, and sales history to help you build out incredibly powerful automated segments that make you money on autopilot. If you're not using them, check them out and try them for free at Clavio.com. And finally, Liquid Web. If you're on WooCommerce, if you're thinking about getting on WooCommerce, Liquid Web is the absolute best hosting platform for three reasons. One, 
it's built from the ground up for WooCommerce and optimized by some of the best industry professionals in the WooCommerce or WordPress space. They really know this stuff. And it's highly elastic and scalable, as well as comes with a whole suite of tools and performance tests to optimize your store. You can check them out and learn more about their hosted WooCommerce offering at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate you tuning in and looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Fry. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you.